from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce our guest, Margaret Washburn. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Amanda. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's an honor. Of course, it's a pleasure. Well, the show is called Powerhouse Women, and you are absolutely that. So for our listeners who might be unfamiliar with um, you in the marketplace or with your firm, um, Margaret has been practicing law for more than 35 years. She and her firm are located in Lawrenceville, and they serve clients throughout the Gwinnett County and surrounding areas. They provide every client with the highest level of legal experience and expertise. I will let Margaret take it from there and share a little bit more of the depth and breadth of what she does within the community and a little bit more about her firm. So go ahead, Margaret. All right. Well, thank you. First of all, we are a general trial practice. I have been in Lawrenceville since about 1983. Prior to that, I was in the uh, DeKalb County Solicitor's Office, where I was the first woman to ever be hired as a prosecutor for that office. There had been some women assistant DAs, but no women assistant attorneys in the solicitor's office. So that was quite interesting. And honestly, I was treated as very much low woman on the totem pole, and I was the only one who didn't have a window in my office. But eventually, after about six months, we were able to move me into a window because one of the older retiring paralegals left, and so I could have her office. It was quite interesting. I was also paid about half of what the men were paid. But coming out of law school and coming out of being a staff attorney in Fulton County, I was just excited to get the job and to get to be in a courtroom and to prosecute. We have some really great people in our office. Our uh, office manager is Sherry Watts. We also have some really great people. So I'm going to ask our paralegal, Stephanie Velez, if she would please introduce herself. Hi, I am Stephanie Velez. I am a paralegal at Margaret Washburn's Law Office located in Lawrenceville. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure to be here with Margaret and join you guys on this occasion. Margaret is such a powerful woman and such a great influence on everyone in the office. She's such an incredible person and just paves the way for everyone and is just a great attorney and human being. I appreciate that. If you would please, for our Spanish listeners, if you would tell them a little bit about the services that we offer and also our associate attorney or of counsel is my son, Houston Washburn. La señorita Margaret Washburn es una abogada general que se enfoca en servicios de la familia, comunidad. Su hijo, Houston Washburn, también es un abogado criminal que también se especializa en otros estados de familia, eh, probate, eh, casos para workers' comp, personal injury. Y él también trabaja junto con la señorita Margaret en la oficina. There have been times when we have been hired by someone who is, quite frankly, stuck in the jail for whatever reasons. They may not be able to afford to make a bond or perhaps did not have a driver's license, insurance, valid registration, uh, maybe were stopped for DUI, all kinds of things. But for whatever reason, they are in the jail. And there have been times when Stephanie has gone with me or gone with Houston to the jail to interpret. 
han habido en muchas ocasiones donde hay muchas personas que están en la cárcel, que no tienen una comunicación, que buscan nuestra oficina y afortunadamente yo como paralegal en la oficina tengo la oportunidad de poder ir a la cárcel y ser esa introducción y esa interpretación con los clientes para poder ayudarles en sus casos y para que ellos busquen una salida. It has been my pleasure to be in Lawrenceville. We've been out here since 1985. Interestingly, the way I got into domestic law, into family law, was, as she just told you, I'd handle workers' comp, and I had, got, had to go to the Fulton County Jail to meet with a gentleman who had been put in jail for failure to pay his child support. He had been held in contempt by the judge. The interesting thing about that is if you are in jail, you cannot work. If you cannot work, you cannot earn income. If you can't earn income, you can't pay your child support. Una de las cosas más interesantes que la señorita Margaret ha hecho desde que inició su trabajo como abogada fue que tuvo un caso en el condado de Fulton donde su cliente no podía trabajar, estaba encarcelado y por la manera que no podía trabajar no, pod no pudo pagar su manutención. Entonces, ella fue la ayuda para él. Ella fue su espalda, su repulso. And I was able to work with the insurance company, get an advance payment for this injured gentleman, take the advance payment to the Fulton County Jail, and then they let him out. Afortunadamente, la señorita Margaret pudo trabajar con la compañía de aseguranza para adelantarle el pago por el accidentado del señor y ella pudo agarrar ese cheque y llevarlo a la cárcel y poder pagar la manutención del niño. So that's how I actually got started in family law because I just found that to be such a challenge and such an interesting concept. And I think what happens with lawyers that practice in the domestic area Amanda, we get wrapped up into just everything. You, you have to know if someone's been arrested. You have to know if someone's injured on the job. You have to know if someone's had a car accident, they're getting a lot of money, but they're also getting a divorce. Uh, we've got a case right now where one of the clients settled a workers' compensation case. The soon-to-be ex-husband has just settled a personal injury car accident case. Esa fue una de las maneras que yo empecé a trabajar en los casos domésticos de familia porque es tan interesante cómo tienes que investigar todo el pasado de una persona, saber si alguna vez fue encarcelado, si, saber que si estuvo en un accidente móvil, saber si tiene un problema en el trabajo donde ya no puede trabajar. Ahorita actualmente en la oficina tenemos un caso donde previamente el cliente acaba de terminar un caso del de trabajo doméstico donde ella no pudo trabajar por casi cinco años. Y al igual, su esposo también tuvo un accidente en moto y también él acaba de salir de ese caso y terminarlo. Interesting thing about Georgia law is generally a workers' compensation settlement if it pertains to your, your injury, the damage that you've sustained, the permanent damage, permanent injury. That is unique to the person, and those funds would be awarded to that person. And in a car accident, if you were awarded an injury, if you get a claim and you settle it or you go to a jury trial, and those funds awarded that are for your pain and suffering, your personal injury, those are separate funds. Mm -hmm. So the two parties and are sitting there arguing back and forth over something that is not actually subject to being divided by Georgia law anyway, wow. unless they could prove it was for loss of income right. or payment of bills. One of the things that we have interesting, uh, another interesting case right now that Houston is handling is uh, a gentleman who is in jail because the wife had him arrested 
knowing that the case is coming up for court and she wants custody of the children. Una de las cosas más interesantes de la ley del estado de Georgia es que cuando estás en un caso de workers' comp, técnicamente los daños y perjuicios que sufre la persona son a cada quien. No todos los daños que va a sufrir una persona lo va a sufrir el otro. Son identificadamente solo de uno y ya todo depende de cómo el caso va a terminar. Eh, la señora, pues ella tuvo su parte de su dinero y su esposo también su parte. Y al fin y al cabo, esas dos personas están peleando por algo que técnicamente no es eh, de pareja para poder distribuir igualadamente. Eh, ahorita mi hijo Houston está trabajando en un caso donde acaba de terminar su cliente de ganar su caso y ahorita su esposa está peleando por la custodia de su hijo. Interestingly, the, the cases that we get are mostly word of mouth. We do some advertising. I do have a web page. And I've been very proud and very honored to be selected for several things. As of right now, for example, uh, I was voted into super lawyers for Georgia, an honor that goes to a very small percentage of uh, attorneys. One of the things that I'm very proud of is being a member now of Chairman's Club. Of course, you know you have to be nominated for that, and it's still, to me, the Gwinnett County Chairman's Club, very diverse, I think very equal, and more and more women. I see more and more women and more and more women-owned companies now coming into the Gwinnett Chairman's Club, and I know that uh, everyone's very proud of that. You and your team pride yourself on responsiveness and taking every client relationship and and understanding that each case is different. My question to you is before you kind of caught the bug to get into law, what was your inspiration to pursue that as a career? Well, actually, uh, I was honored to be in the uh, Georgia Courts Journal recently, and uh, that was in March of 2021, I believe. And Georgia Courts Journal in March of 2021 honored women and women that have made inroads uh, in the legal system. And I was asked the same question, Amanda, and I said, you know, there was never an option. My father, Donald Gettle, was an attorney, a very good attorney, and he was also a professor at Atlanta Law School. He was a professor there for 20 years, and he loved the law, and he loved teaching, and he loved being part of molding new and future lawyers. And I grew up with that, so there was really not an opportunity to do anything, anything else. else. <laughs> Plus my uncle, my mother's brother, is also an attorney. So in law school, I, I married uh, my former husband, Lee Washburn, who's also an attorney in Lawrenceville. And then our two boys, Houston, as you know, is an attorney. My oldest son, Lee Washburn IV, is an attorney downtown. Both boys are married to lawyers, Rachel Goldstucker Washburn and Brooke Puglis Washburn. And both their fathers are lawyers. And now I have four grandchildren that I know are already lawyers. <laughs> I know that the oldest granddaughter, without a doubt, uh -huh. is going to be a lawyer. She's only three, but she, she runs she the runs show. <laughs> una de las cosas que estoy más orgullosa de mí misma es ser parte de una aplicación que se llama Super Lawyers y también ser nominada por el condado de Winnet para entrar a la silla del hombre, conocida también como Chairman's Club. Una de las cosas que siempre me ha gustado y que me han preguntado muchas veces antes es qué fue lo que me fascinó de la ley y por qué quise ser abogada. Y anteriormente fui seleccionada para la libreta de los jueces 
en marzo del 2021 y yo expliqué que mi padre también fue abogado. Crecí viendo a mi padre enseñar la ley, fue un profesor en la universidad y es algo que me inspiró tanto al ver también que mi tío fue un abogado. Previamente mi primer esposo también fue abogado y mis dos hijos también son abogados. Al ser también sus esposas son abogados y creo mucho que también que mi nieta será una abogada en el futuro. But to go back to your question, we have quite a team. There are times that I, uh, as a matter of fact, my former husband and I work on cases together. Uh, of course, my son does. I will call my older son, who is in uh, premises insurance defense downtown, when I have a question for, for a client that might be out of my realm of expertise, but it's something that he would deal with on a regular basis. Kelly Puglis, my son's mother-in-law, runs their law firm in Snellville. So we have a team of people that not only are we family, but we treat our clients like family because we are family. Mm -hmm. And when people come in with their problems, it's usually family-related problems, Amanda, and it can be anything from a divorce to, I recall one time, is sitting, uh, you know, I'm city judge for Duluth. Mm -hmm. I have been... Uh, chief judge for Duluth uh, for 20 years. Now Judge Charles Barrett is the chief, but I'm still the chief associate judge, and uh, I'm still chief judge for City of Sugar Hill. I remember a lady coming to my court one time, and she had, I thought it was her brother, older brother, maybe even her father, but she was in with, with someone. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that the gentleman that she was with that not only was that not her father or her older brother, it was in fact her son, who was about 30 years younger than she was. And he had had such a life of alcohol and drug addiction that he had aged and, and he was almost infirm. Mm. And he was bringing his 70-year-old mother to court with him. Back then, we didn't have a lot of resources. When I started out as a appointed judge in 1985, first woman to be appointed for City of Duluth, One of the first women judges here, as, as a matter of fact. Although the Gwinnett, I was surprised even in 85 how progressive Gwinnett was with regard to women. But one of the things I realized then is that we had to start working on our resources. Not only does my law firm try to be a team player, but one of the things that I've done over the years as a municipal court judge, and I also teach municipal court judge seminars, Is, is try to find out what resources do we have available where we can help people. It's easy to put someone in jail. Sure, that's the easy. I heard someone, I heard another judge talk about that yesterday in court. It's easy to put someone in jail, like the gentleman who couldn't pay his child support. But it's not easy to help someone so that they don't repeat and end up back in the same spot. That's what we need to work on. Breaking um, that chain. Making that, making that change and breaking that chain, yes. Interesting, as one of the, as the prosecutor for DeKalb, not only did I get to be the first one prosecutor, the, the luck of the draw was that when one of our more famous Atlanta residents, Hosea Williams, Reverend Hosey is mm -hmm. what he called himself, he was charged with DUI and it got assigned to my court with Judge Clarence Seliger. And I had people calling me saying, man, you'll do anything for attention. I'm like, no, it's just random. I don't know how that case got assigned to my court. But I wouldn't back down on it. And I was told, you're not going to win this case. And I said, well, it was assigned to me to prosecute. I think there's a valid basis for it. He brought in a very talented, very high-powered attorney. It went to a jury trial. We actually spent a week trying that case. One of the funniest things is, is that Reverend Williams had such a great sense of humor And he told me when he came into the courtroom the first day 
that he had, well, he had refused to make bond. He was making a statement, and he had lost 40 pounds. And he said, sitting in your jail, Miss Washburn, <laughs> I've lost 40 pounds. I said, Reverend, Reverend Williams, it's not my jail, and there are a lot of people who go to fat farms to lose 40 pounds. Maybe you owe the county some money. Some money. Yes. So, and actually, I enjoyed meeting him. He was, and still remains, uh, an, an fascinating character, but... It, it was it was fun i understand um, anonymity is a, a large part of what you do but outside of the hosea williams case what are some other noteworthy um folks that you've represented or cases that you've participated in we don't really generally go into names we can go into fact patterns i've enjoyed working with all of our clients we have several as you would say high-powered or well-known people within the community that we're representing now in their various litigations and all i can tell you is that people that live in certain neighborhoods in Gwinnett do handle their personal lives differently than than others. I can. Uh, I understand. Th- there are some, pri- privileges. Privilege is interesting. Money and privilege is interesting. When I came out here in Gwinnett in 1985 to take that job, I'd left DeKalb, moved out to Gwinnett to take a job with uh, Judge Mock, who is now retired, but to be his associate, basically. And he and I both interviewed for that position for City of Duluth, and they they gave it to me. I mean, it made the news. It made WGST, all the the local stations, because a woman was being appointed. We had Mayor uh, W.P. Jones back then, that's who the park's named for, Willie Jones, and he had said openly and in the city council meeting that court was no place for a woman, no place for a lady, and that he was never going to have a female judge. Was not going to happen. I got appointed anyway, and uh, I was at Chief Randy Belcher's retirement last week, and I got to see Richard Heislip, our former mayor of Duluth, Mm -hmm. who had pushed my appointment through. And I I was so glad to see him, but he said, you can't can't take that stand. This is 1985. We can't do that anymore. Well, the very first council meeting I showed up for, not only did they have a woman judge, they had a pregnant woman judge, 1985, just from that part. Uh Uh-huh. Gwinnett has changed so much, Amanda, and I know you and and Mike know this, but I was looking at some statistics earlier because I've been in Leadership Gwinnett, which is an amazing program. Mm -hmm. What class were you? I was... Everyone, like, they they read their classes, like, there's a lot of camaraderie. I was in Leadership Gwinnett 2020, Mm -hmm. most resilient class ever. La señorita Margaret fue parte de el condado de Gwinnett, de Leadership Gwinnett, la clase del 2020. Most resilient class ever, and that is because... COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID yes. hit in 2019, and all of a sudden, all of the programs, all everything that the, the committee leaders, the facilitators, the board, everything that everybody had worked so hard for, Lisa Zakin, who's just amazing, the mm-hmm. director, it, it ground to a halt. Literally, we had to go virtual. And by gosh, we did. And we did a great job. And to me, that is the best class ever. Yeah. Uh, we had to drive through the parking lot at the Gwinnett Chamber Building, and they sort graduation. of basically they basically threw our plaques at us. Aww. Luckily, I had a convertible, so I, it didn't do any <laughs> damage. Caught. But I went back to look at this because I'm on the infrastructure committee now for this year. And when I moved down here in 1985, we had gone from about 166 to maybe 200,000 people to now we have in 2020 consensus at least 957,000, yes. and that has impacted on. The use of our county resources, our roads, our our infrastructure, our water system, and on our court system. You'd be surprised at what COVID has caused just for our court system Mm -hmm. where people can't 
keep a job or they can't report for work or they were out of work they well, get like the tenant issues wasn't the, there like the a, tenants landlord mm-hmm. the landlords who aren't getting paid mm-hmm. tenants who have nowhere to go but also people that have to take a chance and drive to work even without a valid license driver's license uh, insurance or, or car tag because they want to get to work so they can make some money and then they get tickets that goes on to the court system so we uh we brought that up last year during infrastructure and people were really surprised at how the economy has impacted just about everything absolutely Uh, and that is also part of the problem with divorce people that were together for a year at home without getting out and going to work and getting to go anywhere all of a sudden realized they didn't really like each other very much una de las cosas más interesantes de cuando estás trabajando para la comunidad como jueza, como abogada, es que todo tiene que ver con una cosa y con la otra. Eh, por ejemplo, todo tiene que ver con el contado, los tickets, las aseguranzas. Mucha gente, en, en facto, cuando estaba en el 2020, cuando ocurrió lo de COVID, una de las cosas que fue que habían muchos problemas con gente que rentaba casas, que no podía trabajar, no estaban pagando su renta. Eh, las perso- los dueños de las casas no estaban recibiendo su pago mensual de renta y fue que causó muchos problemas adentro de la comunidad. Eh, una de las personas, también muchas de las cosas que pasaban fueron que muchas personas sin licencia no tenían licencia y conducían para poder ir a ganar dinero. Y una de las cosas que fue más afectada también fueron las parejas entre los divorcios. Uh, en el 2020 fue cuando habían más personas divorciadas estando en la casa durante un año. Se dieron cuenta que no muchos se querían. <laughs> Speaking of women, one of the things you were asking me about is that I was honored to be in the Georgia Courts Journal uh, as one of the women recognized in 2021. And I was asked, who did I admire? And I said, two ladies. One was uh, Judge Dorothy Toth Beasley. She was appointed to from Fulton County to the Georgia Court of Appeals in 1984, but she was the one that added the words and women to the Court of Appeals motto, which now reads, upon the integrity, wisdom, and independence of the judiciary, depend on the sacred rights of free men and women. Wow. And then the other lady I listed is Judge Rashida Oliver, who is the East Point judge. I'm getting ready to teach another course for municipal court judges, Amanda. One of the things I've asked some of my friends that are, that are judges to do is tell me something interesting that's happened lately. Judge Oliver, because we've had so many courts go virtual because of the COVID, had someone appear on camera, in bed, no clothes that we could see, smoking a cigarette and saying, yeah, I'm here. And she said, no, sir, I will count you as a failure to appear. I'll come back to you in 20 minutes and we'll see if you are ready Ready. for court one of the things i had happen last week in city of duluth though was a woman that was the last case to be called it was been a pretty busy morning she had her son she had her son with her who's about 12 13 this is like last week before school got started and she was just screaming in the back of the room and this is on a we have record we record everything courts uh, the municipal courts are courts that record generally uh, either on YouTube or by or by tape recorder mm-hmm. and uh, she was screaming that she was being discriminated against it was that her prosecutor was a racist uh, nobody wanted to listen to her story nobody wanted to hear if she was guilty or not guilty and the problem was it was an arraignment court mm-hmm. it was not a trial court the officer was not there but she was just having a, a meltdown and finally I said Miss Miss Johnson Miss Smith whatever mm-hmm. I said stop you need to come up to the podium. And she started to scream at me. And I said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. We're both ladies of a certain age. 
we will address each other with decorum with respect, yeah. and with respect. And I said, tell me what the situation is. Well, as the story evolved, she had tried to get a job uh, working as a driver for a company. If she got the speeding ticket, it was really going to be hard for her financially, but also impact on finally getting a job. She had been couch surfing for the last two or three months. The young man's father had not paid any child support, and she literally was homeless, frightened, and had nowhere to go. The way I resolved it was to let her explain her story. I knew she could not come back to court because she was going to leave to go take that new job. So I said I was going to reduce this, this time to a warning. Mm-hmm. But I said, believe you, you've made an impression on me. If you're back, I'll remember. Uh-huh. And she, she stood there and she stared at me and she said, you're going to do that for me. And I said, this one time. I said, women need to respect women. Mm-hmm. I respect you. I respect what you said. Yes, this one time we will do that. For those of you who are just joining us, we're speaking with Margaret Washburn, and we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to continue to learn more about her and her firm. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail, with their precision, machined, iron, and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com slash locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. My guest today is Margaret Washborn, and we always want to say a big thank you to those who make this series possible, two powerhouse women here within our community, whom I believe, Margaret, you know well, Miss Terry Jondal and Tammy Shoemate. They're enthusiastic supporters of the series, and they make this show possible. So a big thank you to them. Before the break, we were learning about all of the facets of, of the exciting things that you do within your firm, but I have a question for you really quickly before we get into the personal side of Margaret. And my question is, how do you balance the duty of not only being an attorney but also being a judge I can't quite wrap my mind around that full scope maybe you can help me understand a good family life I thoroughly enjoy those four grandchildren I have an older mom uh, who lives up at the lake and sometimes it's nice to get a weekend just go sit with her go sit on the boat not have to wear makeup I write a lot Uh, I've been published over a hundred times in during my career on articles for gosh anywhere from the state bar to the Gwinnett magazine to uh, Georgia State Bar Journal speaking of Tammy Shoemate I love to play tennis Um, I like to wear tennis clothes and one of the first times that I got to really get to know Tammy and her wonderful husband Greg and her wonderful daughter Jordan Jordan, who was in my leadership Gwinnett Uh 2020 class was through tennis where we met down in uh, South Georgia and she is she is a wonderful support for this program and just getting outside walking we get to have the grand dog this weekend so we're going to take him to orvis to, he can pick out his own dog, dog toys oh and uh, we just enjoy being with our friends very nice you have to keep it simple sometimes absolutely there's nothing wrong with staying home and cooking on the grill no and in comfy clothes too 
very nice. We T- all need that reset. Tennis clothes. Yes. So continuing education and uh, you, you seem like a lifelong learner. What are some things that you do to kind of help with your personal and professional development to stay sharp within your field? Well, we're required to do a certain amount of hours every year to remain certified as attorneys or as judges. And that's how I got involved in it. I believe I was the first I was the first woman to be elected president of the Georgia Council for Municipal Court Judges and I've just and then also to be elected chair of the training council that was a lot of fun it was a it was a challenge it kept me very busy I was so happy to get those appointments I was so happy when the appointments were over and I could go back to me you know, playing tennis or doing something else but I've, I've enjoyed that and that's how you have to stay sharp you have to but you know and listen mm-hmm. you have to listen I learn something every day I go to court. I was in court for eight or nine hours in juvenile court yesterday. Two parents who just cannot get along. This is like their third case against each other. And sadly, I think the eight-year-old and the 10-year-old were more uh, responsive when being interviewed by the court than the parents were. I think people get in their own way sometimes just too much. Try to, try to enjoy life. Try to enjoy people. And if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then get a different job. I like that. Adversity is something that you encounter every single day, whether it be in the courtroom or we as women in life. Share with our listeners uh, some tips or some maybe advice that that you personally have used to overcome adversity in any one of those situations. When you when you look at getting started as an attorney, and this is what I tell young people that I talk to, we've got two interns right now. Uh, one, it's his last day. He's going back to Emory Law School for his second year. Isn't that where you went to school? Yes, it I mean, is. Yeah. I went to Emory. And I wrote I wrote his recommendation letter, as a matter of wow. fact. So Jay Max is going back to school next week. Kevin Washington is our other intern. He's a senior at George Gwinnett College. Nice. And then Stephanie is also in school. Where do you go to school? I am currently just wrapped up my paralegal course with totally forgot where I was going to school. <laughs> was it online? UGA. There oh, you go. Yeah. Bulldog, bulldog. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, it was UGA. I'm so sorry. My mind just went completely blank. Oh, me um, too. Well, you're flipping from Spanish to English, Spanish to English, <laughs> so there's a little lag time there. Yes. I just finished my paralegal course from UGA, and I have my final exam the first week of September, so super excited for that. Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. She thinks she's getting a raise. We can discuss it. <laughs> Is she going to remain with your firm after graduation? I, I hope so, and of course, we always talk to Stephanie about whether or not she wants to move on and go to law school, because that's such an opportunity. Kevin, our intern who's at George Gwinnett is taking the LSAT next week mm-hmm. because he plans to go but what I tell these folks these young folks is uh, and these young aspiring lawyers is that you you have to understand that as an attorney or as a judge that what you have is an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life every day every day mm-hmm. and Amanda the interesting thing about municipal court judges is more people are going to see a traffic court judge then they're going to see a state court or superior court or Supreme Court. They're going to see you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's one of the things that I tell our incoming judges when I do a new judge orientation is, you're the face of the judiciary. You are who they see. Right. Make that opportunity special for them. Make it special for you. Hear them out like the lady that was in my court last week. Let them talk. You never know. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people something else. I know it's a proverb, but I always say, always be kind to strangers for you may be entertaining angels unaware. Hmm. And that's why when you have a lady such as I had in Duluth last week, or someone that Stephanie and Houston had to go out to the jail to meet with, 
be kind because mm-hmm. you never know. Never know. That's right. It sounds like you are quite the mentor to many. My question to you, Margaret, is who has been a mentor to you? Well, as I mentioned, Judge Beasley, I have a lot of respect for her and Judge Rashida Oliver, particularly the way she was able to encourage that gentleman to perhaps dress for court. <laughs> those those are the kind of people I look to. I look to the super women. I look to the power women. My mother is an extreme inspiration. She she was a valedictorian of her college class at Winthrop in South Carolina. Wow. And she was also invited to participate in the Miss North Carolina pageant. My grandfather would not let her because the ladies were going to have on open-toed shoes, and he did not think that would be appropriate. Oh, goodness. So, but I... Uh, if, I, if I'm half as smart and half as pretty as she is, then I've accomplished a lot. <laughs> You're winning. Yeah. She also received, uh, she was also with the uh, Department of Human Resources, uh, the state of Georgia, for years and uh, during the Carter administration. And she won what was called the Silver Anvil Award, which is an award in journalism. Wow. Very talented family. And my dad was a lawyer. I mean, I, You've got a great I'm, pedigree, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> it's hard to compete with all that. Um, I know that uh, involvement in the community is important to you. I see Absolutely. you at many chamber events, chairman clubs mm-hmm. events, and we enjoy the 1818 Club together on Wednesday evenings. Talk a little bit about the power of strategic networking and finding the right group to kind of help align your business and help propel you within the community and the network. Interestingly, I really enjoy the Lawrenceville Kiwanis Club. That is an opportunity where you do get to help someone all of the time. Either we either participate, we've done the Christmas parties that well, they're the holiday parties for the Department of Family and Children's Services foster care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, what did we have? Two hundred and fifty kids last year. Yes. Wow. Um, el año pasado, en el 2021, para Ayudamos a cuatro niños que estaban adentro del sistema. Eh, pudimos agarrar sus listas de Navidad y sorprenderlos con sus juguetes que ellos tantos anhelaban. And we make it special. We have one of our members dresses up like Santa, Santa. Claus Aww. and we have music. But you'd be amazed at the, how the, the community comes together for the Lawrenceville Kiwanis Club. Uh, our, one of my leadership Gwinnett 2020 classmates, Judge Veronica Cope, mm-hmm. is in our club. Nice. And uh, the amount of donations, Mm -hmm. gifts that we're able to pull together for these kids is amazing. Do you remember, I guess it was Hurricane Katrina. You should have seen all of the book bags, all of the school clothes, everything we were able to raise for children then. I myself am a Rotarian, so I find that there's great value not only in the Rotary, but also in the Kiwanis Club. And you're right, they make a hyper-local impact. And it's amazing what you can do as a small group on a I guess, micro level That's within right. the community. Every time I see them on Tuesdays, I'm always reminded, why aren't you in Rotary? I'm like, well, why aren't you in Kiwanis? Right. Yeah. You can join me at Rotary I, anytime. I, I, would be, I would be honored. I would love to. For those of you listening who might be curious to learn a little bit more about Margaret's firm, you can visit washburnlawoffices.com. Is that correct? And Washburn is W-A-S-H-B-U-R-N, and then that's lawoffices.com. Margaret, as we round the end of celebrating Powerhouse Women, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share uh, words of wisdom or parting thoughts with all of our listeners. As I said, I think the real the real value of women and what I think makes women powerful, and I don't mean this toward men in any way, <laughs> but I think it's our ability to, to be sympathetic, empathetic. One of the things you want to do is, like I said, is let people just tell you what their story is. And I, particularly in family law, I think people are more comfortable at times sitting and talking to, to a female attorney. We've had women, Amanda, in the last two years, like I said, with the COVID and everything else that 
I mean, you, you have to wonder how they get up and go to work every morning, and they're as broken as they are when they come in to see us. Uh, but we have gentlemen the same way, and what we try to do is make sure that everything comes out as fair and equitable for both parties, actually, as we possibly can. There's, there's no winning in divorce. Mm. You know, the, the, if the children are your priority, the rest of it will generally work out. Right. Uh, I get asked a lot of times about how is child support computed. Well, it goes through a form, goes through almost a logarithm about, you know, who makes what, who earns what, who what pays for the yeah. insurance, who pays for this or that, or extracurricular activities. I get asked about custody. Are dads good parents? They're great parents. I always get told, interestingly, that that person I'm getting divorced from is the worst person in the world. I said, you've got three kids. You might, must have liked him at least three at times. Time, yeah. yeah, at least three times. <laughs> I, I say that because I want to bring them back to the floor of reality, which mm-hmm. is, look, if you've made this decision, then make it fairly, make it honestly, and try to make sure that your kids are your priority. And I, I think we've done well with that. Well, congratulations to you and your team, and thank Thank you you for all the service that you do, not only for our community, but I'm sure the impact that you make on each individual that you touch daily. Thank you. And I just got to say, you said the other day that you you were in court for nine hours Yesterday, we were in court for nine hours yesterday, too. That's amazing. I'm sure when you get home, you just don't want to talk anymore. You're tired of speaking. You've had to listen wholly and completely. You've, you're talked out. Do you just like sit in the peace and quiet when you get home and just try to like shed all the things that you heard and and experienced from the day? Haven't you seen me on Wednesday afternoons after I've been in court all day? in the evening. Yeah. 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 The weekend, I I get home and the weekend, you you think that's going to be your downtime. But with my mom, four grandkids, and cleaning house, I mean, I don't think we have downtime. Mm-hmm. I think I stay pretty busy all the time. So then you're a but great I love time it. manager. <laughs> um, I try. <laughs> I try. But we have a good time, and, and the Gwinnett community has been so good to me. I mean, it would have been just as easy with some of the stuff I put up with when I first moved out to Lawrenceville and some of the attitudes of some of the men, the male lawyers and uh it would have been easy to give up and quit. But you persevered. But I did. I said, not only am I not going to give up and quit, but then I went and applied for that job with City of Duluth and got appointed in 1985. And I've been there ever since. I've got, this is 37 years wow. as City of Duluth judge. Quite the tenure. Yeah. Well, I'm delighted to have finally gotten you on the Powerhouse Thank Women you. Show. Thank you very much for all that you exude uh, to the young ladies within the community. And I enjoy learning from you as well. Again, this is a series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact, much like Margaret. And you can listen every Friday live at 1130 at businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio. If you find value in this series, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Shows are available 24-7 on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you enjoy your podcast. Podcasts. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn, Amanda Pierch, P-E-A-R-C-H. And for our guest today and for our producer, Mike, and for Stephanie, I am Amanda, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.